let's bow down our heads as we pray for us to receive from the Lord. Uh, can we just individually speak to the Lord today and say, Lord, speak to my heart. I've come into your presence to seek you. Lord, minister life unto me today. Let's just speak to the Lord. Let's speak to the Lord. I want us to pray in specific terms what we want the Lord to do for us. I don't know what the need of your life is, but the Lord is faithful. Let's give him an opportunity to bless us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for the privilege that you have given to us once again. Each time we approach your presence, we never left you the same. There is always a definite impact in our lives. That's why there is always a constant call. Your word says, they that seek me will find me. They that seek me early will find me. Lord, this is your call that you may continuously and constantly impact our lives in a very definite and specific ways. We want to thank you. And Lord, this morning we have come together again, Lord, to break the bread of life. We pray that this morning you will give seed to the sower. And Lord, and you will give bread to the heater, and that your word will impact our lives in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, speak through my vocal cord. Lord, minister life to your people. Disseminate the right information. Let truth be made known to your people. We give you glory. The grace and the opportunity and the power to appropriate your word. Let it accompany your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We made a choice to give you praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm going to be sharing with us this morning on a simple subject. But before I share with us, I intend to uh, mention to us that over nations, in, times, in the time past, we have seen kings, we have seen powers, we have seen dominion, and we have seen rulership. Many of us can remember many of those rulership as we studied the Word of God. In every generation, we have seen the power that be. We have seen the Medo-Persian kingdom. We have seen the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. It got so powerful that one day he stood up and declared, that with my hands and with my power have I made this kingdom. And as a result of his utterance, the Lord sent him on a training lesson for about seven years, and he came back to declare that the Lord is God. Without him, there is no other. You know, he was able to learn his lesson just in short years of seven. He was able to dine and wine with the beast of the field. Then he was able to learn his lessons. And so we have seen other kingdoms. After him was Belshazzar, which was his son. We remember that he did not learn the lesson from his father. In spite of all the Belshazzar saw, his heart did not draw to the living God. And he began to do things according to his own wish and according to his own desire. And as he was continuing his normal hoggies, one day there was an handwriting on the wall, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Opasin. The kingdom has been weighed in the balance and it's been found wanting. This night, your life will be required of you. It did not live to see the other day. 
And those were the kingdoms we have seen. We have seen the kingdoms, the Greek kingdoms. And those men thought with the kingdoms and the power and the dominion that be, that they could control the lives and the destinies of men. We have seen beyond that, we have seen the Roman Empire. In the times of the Roman Empire, we saw Nero. Those were the men who never thought they would ever die. They thought they could control men and they could control their destinies. And these men lived. But each of these kingdoms came and today they are no more. In the recent times, in our contemporary times, we remember the Russian kingdom. Those were the powers that be. The whole world could never have believed that Russia and its power would crash like a pack of cards. But they crashed. And today is a different story. What are we saying this morning? Those were the kingdoms. But we serve a living God. He has an unchangeable priesthood. The Bible tells us it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. No one can dethrone him. No one can unseat him. He is the same. When he speaks, it comes to pass. And this morning what we have come to discuss is to examine the untapped power of praise. There is power when we lift our voices to the King of Kings. Because he has an unchangeable position. If he has commanded concerning your life, he is there to supervise, to superintend over the situation and circumstances of life, to ensure that all that he has said concerning your life will come to pass. Did you hear what I said? If he says anything concerning you, he is not traveling. No, he has not gone on a vacation. He is still the same. Whatever he has said, either 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 5 years ago, whatever may have gone on down the line, the Lord of glory is still the same today. He says, I will watch over my word to perform it. That's what he said. So today we want to examine the untapped power. What happens when we understand the secret of praise? This morning we read from the scripture, the passage we read. We saw how Jesus, using the wheel and the cordial, sent to those who were selling in the house of God. He said, my house is not a den of thieves. It is called the house of prayer for all people. And while he was still doing that, the Bible says the children came out. How many of us have noticed that the Bible says, if you do not receive the kingdom of God as children, you will not be able to enter the arena. In other words, children, sometimes we need to observe them. They could perceive something in the spirit that others don't see. Children, by the revelation of the Spirit, saw in Jesus, the Messiah. They said, Hosanna to him who comes, Hosanna to, to the son of David. And the Bible says, when the Pharisees heard it, they were indignant. The many were indignant, they were hungry to their bones. It hurt them so badly, they could not contain it. They felt like dying because of what they heard the children say. And Jesus said, yes, they said it. For out of the mouth of babes and suckling, thou hast perfected praise. And that sounds like a reiteration of what we read in the book of Psalm 8. When the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and suckling, thou hast you know, ordained strength, that thou mayest steal the avenger and the enemy. This morning we want to examine what is our role as a people of God. What should we do? What power lies dormant 
And what are we not receiving when we don't praise God the way He should be praised? When we don't honor Him the way He should be honored? When we don't give Him praise as He is supposed to be praised? I want you to let you, I want to let you know today He's the only one that is worthy of praise. We thank God for nations, we thank God for kingdoms, but there is a God in heaven. And that's the one that is worthy of praise. As I examine the word praise, I notice that the word praise came from true Hebrew word, two of them. One of them is Yodah. I can't pronounce it like they do, but we can understand that. One of them, it means to physically, physically to throw something. A stone or an arrow. That's what praise means. Especially in worship. To cast or to shoot. So to praise means you are about to do something. An action is coming. You are about to cast something. You are about to throw. You are about to throw a stone. You are about to throw an arrow in the spirit. And here we see that the scripture is explaining to us. I'm going to get into the art of what that is saying. But the second one is halal. Halal means to shine, to boast, to make a show off, to rave, to command, and to give light to. In other words, when we praise, we make a boast of the God that we have. When we praise, we, we are exhibiting what is on the inside of us. We want to make a show to the world that the God that we serve is a great God. Praise is an expression of admiration. It's ascribing glory to Him who is in the highest. When we say He's in the highest, this is what I mean. I want you to understand this morning that the God that we serve sits on a high and lofty throne. No one has ever sat on that throne before. No one will ever sit on that throne again. He sits above the heavens. The Bible says he has made the heaven his throne and the heart his footstool. When he sits, everyone that stands around him, they bow in worship. Because he's full of glory. He's full of honor. He's full of adoration. He's full of majesty. That is the God that we serve. As I look at the scriptures, I observe that God himself is the subject of praise. When we praise, when we open our voices to God, He's the only one that is the subject of our praise. There is nothing on earth, there is no one on earth that has the qualification that He possesses to receive the praise from us. As I look at the scriptures, why did I say that? I notice in the Bible, He's the only one that is called eternal. In other words, before the beginning, he has been existing. He's the only one that is called the invisible. He's the only one that is called the immortal. First Kings chapter 1 verse 17, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. The Bible calls him the omniscient. The Bible declares in John chapter 2 verse 24, Jesus 
was among the people. And the Bible said when they saw the miracles that Jesus did, of course they gave praise. But the Bible said Jesus did not commit himself unto man, for he knew all man. He's the omniscient. He has all knowledge. He knows what is in the darkness above and light dwells with him down at chapter 2. He knows all things. The Bible also calls him the omnipresent. He's in every place at every time doing everything that he desires. The Bible lets us know in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 3. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are in every place. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. The Bible says he's the unsearchable. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the King of glory, is, the Bible says he does not faint, neither does he weary. And his understanding is unsearchable. The God that we have, that we serve, is unsearchable. The Bible also tells us in Job chapter 11 verse 7. Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you? The Bible also calls him the omnipotent. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. The Bible says, Lord, and it came to pass that the Lord revealed himself again unto Abraham and said, I'm the almighty God. The almighty. The all powerful. I'm the almighty God. The Bible also calls him the great one. The Bible calls him the good one. James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of turning. The Bible calls in Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible calls him the consuming fire. And the Bible also says there is none like unto him. The Bible says there is none before him, and there is none besides him. The Bible calls him the incomprehensible God. And he's a God of justice. He does not all want to rob another. He does not rob one to pay another. He's a God who gives to every man according to his words. He's a just God. I want us to know this one that praise is ordained and appointed by God. In praise we extol him. As the greatest and as the highest. Praise is the acknowledgement of his uniqueness. Because there is none that can be compared with him. In glory, in majesty, in power. And we give him glory because above him there is no other. And each time I say this, I always discover that when we give him the praise as the one who is above all, like we, like we sang in the song this morning, above all power, above all throne, above all situation, I want you to understand whatever may be the circumstance of our life, it is still under him. Because it's above all. As I studied the scriptures, I noticed that praise or praising God is not optional. The first assignment of God to every man is to remember that it was made as an instrument of praise. If you're here this morning, you're saying in your spirit, well, I don't belong, to, I don't belong among them. I don't go to church. That's not the issue. The reason why He made you, the reason why He allowed you to be alive to today is to remember that you're an instrument, a tool in His hand to praise Him. So not only would you would your words praise him, your lifestyle should praise him, your character should praise him, your behavior should praise him, the association you keep should praise him, everything that you do should praise him, because that's why you are made. Isaiah chapter 43, the Bible tells us in verse 21, the Bible says, These people have I formed for myself, that they may show forth my praise. 
Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 11. The Bible says, as the, as the gado is tied to the loins of a man, so also have I caused the house of Israel and the house of Judah to cling unto me, that I may make them my people, I may make them renowned, and I may make them my praise. The intention of God is that when he called Israel, as he has called you, is that you may become a praise unto him. So the whole purpose of man is for him to be a tool and an instrument of praise. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. The Bible, the Holy Spirit began to lead Peter to write in the scriptures. He says, laying aside all malice, all hypocrisy and all deceit. That's in verse 1. First Peter chapter 2 verse 3 says, as newborn babes, because I want to compare those scriptures together. As newborn babes desire the sincere make of the world that you may grow thereby. In verse 3 it says, If indeed the Lord, it, it, indeed it is so that the Lord is gracious. Verse 4, it says, Coming unto him as a living stone, rejected indeed of men, but, cho but, by, but chosen of God, and precious. The next verse, which is verse 5, says, Also, you also coming as living stone have been built up into a spiritual house, and as holy priesthood. That you may offer sacrifices that may be acceptable unto God. Now, what is all this saying? What is the sacrifice all about? Verse 9. The Bible says, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. You have been called to show for the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, I can understand verse 5. The Bible says, my priesthood, first of all, is to offer praise to God. My priesthood, first of all, is to give him glory by the life that I live. My priesthood is to give him honor by the things that I do. I also saw in the scriptures that the Bible says when Jesus was having a triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the Bible said when, they, when they, all the Pharisees and the disciples and all the, all, all the chief priests saw him, they were, hanged, they were wondering what's going on. And the Bible said the multitudes of the disciples began to rejoice when they saw the entry. Of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible says there, and the, and the people rose up again and said, Why can't you stop these people from shouting? And Jesus said, If they keep silent, the stones will cry out from the ground and they will praise me. The stone will cry out from the ground. In other words, praise is a privilege to be found a tool. And an instrument of praise is a privilege. And that is why when we praise God, it has to be an act of will. It's an attitude of gratitude. It's a lifestyle. We have to develop a culture of a life that praises God every moment, every day, in all things, in every situation. It's a culture that we have to develop. It's a lifestyle. You know, I was reading... I like to, you know, bring it into a lighter mood. I was reading one of the stories that I used to read. And I remember one of the times that one of these great men that had ever lived, Alexander the Great. Many of us must have heard some of these stories before. In one of the battles that he fought, he conquered many cities and many nations. And in one of the battles, according to the story, while the battle was on, of course, he was known as a warrior. And he was always believing that he was going to conquer and win many nations. So in one of the battles... It was reported to him that one of his soldiers ran away from the battle. And he hated that. 
Instead of running, you had better die at the front line. Than for you to be caught by Alexander that you ran away from the battle. And the man ran away. He was afraid. The battle was hot. Eventually, they brought the young man to him and said, This is the man that ran away from the battle. And Alexander looked at him straight in the eyes and said, What is your name? And they said, My name is Alexander. He said, Wow. It's either you change your name or you change your attitude. One has to happen. You change your name right now or you change your attitude. Because when you serve me, your attitude must be a warrior attitude. In the same way, we must have an attitude of praise. Every moment of our lives, that's the way God wants us to be. That is the story of a brother who was known by everyone. In fact, they used to call him a radical man. Each time they saw him, when you meet him in the morning, praise God. That's the way he greets you. Praise God. Some of us know some of those brethren, we discourage them from doing that. You know, we used to say they are too spiritual or they are too... Something is going with something gone wrong with them. Anytime you meet him, praise God. That's the way he greets you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So the name must be Mr. Praise God. And so one of the days, according to the story that I had, it was a life story. He was in his office, he was working in a heavy machinery place. And as he was there, he was working normally like he was doing, but there was an accident. One of the big machines, I don't know what kind of machine it was. Maybe by mistake, he, le- you know, he was putting one of his legs somewhere, and there was a big bang on the leg. And when everybody heard the bang, so everybody came around, but the next thing they heard was that they just said, praise God, praise. But the praise God was louder than before, and was more consistent than before, and they knew something was wrong. He just kept saying, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise. And while he was saying that, miraculously, while they look at it, the leg should have been crushed. But somehow something happened to that leg. They knew it was as though nothing had touched that leg before. And they were asking, is it indeed that your leg was here? He said, yes. And that's what praise can do. Is it, it sounds funny, it sounds simple, but it's not. There is something that is released when your attitude about God is about praise. And this is what I know many of us have been waiting for. Because I know many of us came here today, we've been fighting battles in our lives. And many of us are getting wearied and tired. Many of us are beginning to give up on fighting. In fact, we are beginning to look for solutions by ourselves. When it is preaching church that we must trust God. The first thing that came to your heart is, well, pastor, maybe you should be in my position. Before you know what I'm going through is a very tough one. And I know many of us came here today, but I have a message for you. That the God that we serve sees into every situation, knows the address of your home, Knows how you woke up this morning. Knows where you're coming from. Knows how old you are. He knows the numbers of the hairs of your head. The palm of your head are written before him. He knows everything about you. He spoke unto Jeremiah. He said, before you were formed in the belly of your mother, I knew thee. And I've ordained you a prophet unto the nations. I'm telling you today, the God that we serve knows you more than you think you know yourself. He knows your situation. The Bible said, David was saying, says, you know my heart and you know my reins. You know the reins? You know everything within me. You know my intestine. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He says, when, he said, my soul shall boast in the Lord. And the humble shall hear it and be glad. He says, all you that know the Lord, you know, let us exhort his name together. Psalm 34. This is David, because he knew what God can do when you praise him. 
And many of us will have noticed that the life that David was a life of praise. Even though he fell into many things that others fell into, God was able to rescue a man who was a praiser. However deep the pit may be, when you praise God, God is going to send his messenger to get you out of the place. Because God is a God who honors himself. When you honor him, he honors you. One of the things we are waiting for is that praise is a spiritual force. Now, it's alright for us to understand and recognize the place of God. But it's also important for us to know that when we praise God, something happens in the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, there is no distance. In the realm of the spirit, there is a conversation going on in the realm of the spirit. Every method of warfare that we know, all of them have the potential to bring a change into our lives. When you get involved in the prayer of binding and losing, many times when we bind, it is bound. The Bible promises all that. Matthew chapter 18, chapter 16, the Bible says when you bind on earth, whatever you bind on shall be bound in heaven, whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So it's a potent weapon in our hands. The Bible also tells us that when we intercede for kings and, and, and those who are in authority, so God ordains intercession. The Bible says, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap in between these people. So God recognizes the power of intercession. So when we pray and we intercede, God knows the power of intercession and it's a powerful weapon in the realm of the spirit. When we repent, many of us have not noticed that repentance is one of the spiritual forces. When you repent, you bring what is in the darkness to light. When you repent, you lose and you do not bind. When you repent, you bring the force of heaven into play. So repentance is a force in the realm of the spirit. But in spite of all of these weapons, there are times when we have applied almost every weapon and it appears nothing has changed. And when that happens, if you're in that situation today, there is only one thing I want you to do. I want you to switch. Ever say switch. 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 What are we switching to? We're switching. We're releasing the battle to the commander-in-chief himself. When you praise God, you, you withdraw from the battle. You call upon God and said, well, as far as I'm concerned, I have attempted all that I know. It's not working. Take over the battle from me. And that's what we're doing in praise. When we praise God, we're stepping back. And we're asking you to step forward to fight the battle for us. That's what we do when we praise God. And so today as we praise Him, we're handling the battle to Him. Because there are certain battles in the realm of the Spirit. There are certain levels of warfare where praise is the only force that can work. In Zechariah chapter 3, the Bible describes the story of a prophet. I see my time. <laughs> describe the story of a prophet, you remember him? Joshua. The Bible says, as he stood before the angel of the Lord, Satan was standing right on his right hand. And the Bible says, and the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you. I want you to listen to this. I'm bringing this to Jude 9. The Bible says, when the body of Moses, there was a quarter between Michael Angel and the devil. About the body of Moses. Do we remember that? And the Bible says, he could not bring a railing accusation. Against the devil, only he said, the Lord rebuke you. Do we remember all these scriptures together? What he's saying is that the devil is very legalistic in battle. If there are things that you have done in the past, the enemy wants to take hold of it and use it as a weapon against you. Because the enemy knew at one time or the other that Moses had succeeded in killing a man. He had shed blood. So for this reason, he cannot go free. But the Bible says... 
And the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you. There is a level of attainment in the spirit when every other thing does not work until you recognize the place of praise. We need to take a switch in the spirit because when we switch, something happens. Those who have been victims become victors. Those who have been oppressed become the offenders become discharged. When we switch in the spirit, the condemned becomes the released. When we switch in the spirit, the bound becomes the liberated. When we switch in the spirit, the oppressed, the, the, the bound becomes the liber- freed and the oppressed become liberated. When we switch in the spirit, the apologetic becomes pacetas because they have been rejected. Now God has placed them in the front line because there's a switch in the spirit. I want us to come with me. Ephesians chapter 6. I want us to see this. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do we see that? Can somebody read with me verses 11 to 12? Maybe I'm going to read myself. Ephesians chapter 6. I'll read from here. I'm sorry. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wise of the devil. The Bible says in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now the next verse says, Therefore, having done all of these, therefore, take up. Everybody say, take up. The whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand. The Bible says, In the evil day, Having done all. What did it say? To stand. Having done all. To stand. I want us to understand this scripture. Having done everything you know how to do. Stand. Ever say stand. I want to speak to your friend and say, I want to stand. I want to stand. I've been done all to stand. I want you to look at him in the face and say, I don't know what you have tried. But after all that you have tried, stand. Now, what do we stand doing? Do we stand gazing like morals? No. No. Do we stand incognito? No. Do we stand anonymous? No. Do we stand unknown? No. Do we stand in the position of limbo? No. What do we stand doing? We stand praising God. That's what we stand doing. Even though the situation hasn't changed, I give you praise for the situation. Having done all, I want to stand. I'm standing. I'm giving him praise. I'm giving him glory. I'm giving him honor. He's worthy. He made me. He knows me. He can protect me. He can preserve me. Why am I worrying about my life? The Bible says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The Bible says, the Nazareth and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding of man shall keep your heart and your mind. Where does the peace of God come from? It comes as you praise Him. There is a balm in heaven that flows over your spirit. As you give Him praise, you lose focus, you lose sight of your problem and situation and of your circumstance. You begin to give Him praise for who He is. 
In the book of Revelation, the Lord spoke unto John as he saw the predicament that was coming upon the world. The Bible says, take your eyes off your circumstances. See the Lord. I am lifted up. Take your eyes off your circumstances. Have it on all to stand. The question today is this. Why are we saying this? In the book of Exodus, when people of Israel left Egypt and they got to the Red Sea, they did not know what next to do. The sea was ahead of them. There was a hill on the right and on the left. And they turned to Moses and said, We told you, you are a very obstinate man. These people will catch up with us. Why did you bring us into the wilderness? Nobody's going to bury us here. In the first place, what does it matter? Either you die in Egypt or you die in the wilderness. Death is death. But some of the enemy painted a picture in their mind and they said, at least we could have been buried by our children. Which children? The ones that have been killed or the ones that are alive. And they said, why did you bring us to the wilderness? And you know what Moses, Moses did not know what to say. There are some of us here today. People have asked you questions, you don't know what to say. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and says, stand still. Let us say stand still. Stand still. What did he say next? I see the salvation of the Lord. For the Egyptians that you have seen today, you shall see them no more forever. Stand still. Stand still. Stand in Christ. Give him glory for who he is. Stand still. Stand still. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Some of us have been quaking in our minds. We don't know what to do. The situation is so difficult and terrible. You're wondering, how am I going to make it? How am I going to get through beyond this? How am I going to make it? The Lord is saying to you today, stand still. I'm praising. Second Chronicles chapter 20. The Hosephant came into battle with the children of Ammon and Moab and the Mansia, where they all came in battle against Jehoshaphat. The Bible says, Jehoshaphat did not know what to do. He began to pray and seek the Lord. As he was seeking the Lord, the Bible says, set yourself together. Set yourself together, for the battle is not yours. Now, they've been telling you that you should need to go and pray and fast more. The Bible says, the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. I'm taking over the battle from you. All you need to do is to give me opportunity to do it. The reason why many of us are not experiencing God's miracle is because we have taken the place of God. We have taken the place of God. God is telling you today, No! Don't take my place. I will fight for you. I will fight for you. I will fight for you. By the time you return, when God fights in a battle, that will be, that will be landmarks of his fight. About, there's a common saying, where we came from, where two elephants meet, the grass will have a feel of it. You will see it. That's something that happened here. If you see an elephant before, you know what they say. Because every bang of his feet is a force on the ground. And when the Almighty himself rises from heaven, you can imagine the impact on the heart and on your situation. The Bible tells us to set yourself together and you will see the salvation of the Lord. Now what are we saying today is for us to understand that God desires your praise. There is something you can experience as you praise Him. Now it's not only about standing. I also noticed because I was asking myself a question. Is it only that when we want to praise that we stand? No. Second Samuel chapter 7. I noticed that one day Samuel, I'm sorry, David came into his house, the Bible and David sat before the Lord and said to the Lord, Who am I? And who is my house that you have brought me this far? Oh God. 
Please read that chapter when you get home. 2 Samuel chapter 7. And David began to speak of his great works. He began to speak of his wonderful works. And the Bible says in chapter 8, And the Lord subdued Philistine on behalf of David, and made them to be servants unto him. And that was repeated all over chapter 8. He had victory on every side. He had victory on every side. One of the secrets of continuous victory is to be able to honor God. Is to be able to look into your life and say, well, if not for you, if it has not been the Lord who was on our side, what shall Israel be saying today? If not the Lord who has fought our battles for us, what shall we be saying today? The Bible says in Psalm 149, verse 6, the Bible tells us, the Bible says, with the eye praises of God in their mouth and with the two-edged swords in their hands, verse 8, the Bible says, to bind their kings with chains and their, and their and their nobles with fetters of iron. The nurse verse, the Bible says, in, in verse, let me read it, verse um, Psalm 149. Let me just read it. It says, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor, this is where I'm going, have, how many people? All the saints. This honor, have all the saints. It is God's intention that all of us will have this honor of praising Him. I have to stop. But before I stop, I don't feel like stopping. <laughs> but I have to stop. I notice the praise becomes powerful when it is done in unlikely times. When you are at your wit's end, when it appears you are losing the battle completely, that's the most difficult time to praise God. It's good to praise God when you have abundance. It's great to praise God when you are close to wear. It's good to praise God when you wake up in the morning there is something in the fridge. But it's wonderful to praise God when there is nothing anywhere from anybody for you and you have no hope of nothing. Habakkuk chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. God spoke to his servant. I'm sending the Chaldeans because they are swift and they are powerful and they are strong like the eagles to oppress my people. And the Bible says, Habakkuk pray, how long, O oh God, will you allow these people to oppress us? He kept asking God questions. Chapter 2, he said, okay, I will stand upon my watch and watch to see what the Lord will say unto me. In chapter 3, Habakkuk got the message. When things go wrong like this, what you need to do is not to complain. What you need to do is to begin to praise me. What you need to do is to begin to give me honor and glory. What you need to do is to begin to understand my position in the spirit when things go wrong. I want to teach my people a lesson until it is learned. I will not allow them to go. But in chapter 3, Habakkuk got the message. Listen to what he said. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the holy may fall, and the feed ye no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there will be no heart in the stars. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. This is what God has been trying to teach his prophet. From the beginning, just give me praise. And in chapter 3, Habakkuk said, Well, I know there may not be any solution to all that is going on here. But in spite of all that is going on, I will give you praise anyhow. And you know what the Lord did? God gave me a word immediately. In the next verse, the Bible said, The Lord God is my strength. 
He will make my feet like a deer's feet. This is it. You may have been reading that scripture. What it means is this. God is going to turn the feet, your feet. You will climb mountains others could not climb. While others are sliding and backsliding, you are going to be climbing in a way you never thought before. Because God that we serve, when you praise Him, He gives you a feet that others don't have. You walk on the ground, others could not walk in. When you walk into a place, the favor of God attends to you. Because God understands the power of praise. And when He did that, it says the next verse. It says, and it will make me walk in my high places. From today, we'll begin to walk in our high places. What are your high places? Your high dreams and visions. The things that God has given to you as a dream, you saw it with your eyes closed. But I said to you today, you would see it in performance with your eyes open. The Lord is going to cause it to come to pass. Listen to this man of God. This is his word. I'm not reading King James in chapter 2. I'm reading Living Bible Paraphrase. If you have a God bless you, let's read it together. In verse, in chapter, in verse 3 of chapter 2, he said, But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, Surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. <laughs> Just be patient. Listen to this. They will not overdue a single day. 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 Let's rise up to prayer. I want to, I can finish, but I want the choir to finish up with us. Let's praise Him from the depth of our heart. Let's praise Him with every fiber of our being. The Bible says, praise ye the Lord. Praise Him in the sanctuary, Psalm 150. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty and excellent works. Praise Him with harps and satyrs. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him and let everything I ask breath. Praise the Lord. I want us to praise Him today. If it appears you have been losing battles over your life, I want you to know today. 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 Today.